Welcome to Chat with Crystal, empowerment coaching and conversations with real women from around the world. I'm your host, Crystal Andrus Morissette, founder of the SWAT Institute. Women are being called right now to help heal this world. And it's time for a radio podcast that shows the how we're going to do just that, empowering one woman at a time. Now let's get to it. Welcome, everyone. Of course, my name is Crystal Andrus Morissette. I'm so excited to be here for Chat with Crystal, Empowered Coaching Conversations with Real Women from Around the World. And that's what this really is. We have no idea when we're about to do a call every Friday here um, on Chat with Crystal. We never know who's going to call in, who's going to want coaching. Will we have women calling in today for coaching? So it's always a part of the empowerment process that you have to trust. I know I, I, I will not, I will never say anymore to all the people that say, is it like built, you know, that movie Field of Dreams, build it and they will come. Well, it's a little more than that. You got, you got to build it, yes, for them to come, but then you do have to put in the time and the effort to um, build your following, to build your business, to build your tribe. And so I'm always so excited and honored and privileged when I get onto our private coaching line, our private private conference line here that any woman from around the world can call in. And if you want more information on how you can call in to be part of these coaching conversations or to get coached yourself, you just want to head over to my coaching institute, the SWAT Institute, S-W-A-T, Special Weapons and Tactical, where the new Special Weapons and Tactical are going to heal the world. It actually stands for Simply Woman accredited trainer and we have amazing women from all over the world who are becoming certified as empowerment coaches and it just always juices me up so much when I get to have a conversation with someone in a new country or we have a student that has you know signed up from a place in the world that we're like wow how did we reach you over there because here I am sitting in Canada so it's always so exciting to have these real conversations. So you just want to head over to SWATinstitute.com. You'll see Chat with Crystal. You'll pop in your name and your email, and then you will have full access to be in the vault, as we call it. And you can chat with me. You can get coaching uh, for whatever's going on in your life. And, you know, I love to do it. I love showing my students and my graduates how this process works so beautifully time and time again, no matter who you're coaching or what they're going through. And I love that we do it live. I love that we don't know who's going to raise their hand. We don't I don't know who's going to be on the line, who's going to raise their hand, what question they're going to have. But I have the confidence in my ability to coach someone because of the time and the processes and the interventions that I've learned, mastered, and are now teaching to my students. And I love to show it. That's why we love to do it live. We love to just do it without knowing uh, what the situation is going to be to help empower our coaches to know, see, there is a formula here and it works uh, if you understand it. So we're going to go right to our phone lines today. I see Allison is calling in from Paris, France. How exciting to have Allison all the way from Paris. Allison, how are you today? Thank you for raising your hand. I'm good, thanks. I'm just wanting to make sure that you can actually hear me. I can, and you sound great. Oh, wonderful. Okay, that's fantastic. Um, so my voice is a little shaky because I didn't know I was actually going to volunteer myself today. <laughs> I love that. So, Allison, you know what? The the shaky voice. I want to tell you something. It's actually far more stressful to be on your side right now than on my side. And yeah. just don't be. Both. I know. <laughs> it's a lot more pressure to be 
someone who's being vulnerable, you're putting yourself out there, you're, it's, I get it. So I want to thank you so much for your courage, because it is women like you to have the courage to raise their hand to say, I matter. And I would love to get some, some ideas or some empowerment around a certain area in my life. So just know I got you. I'm here for you. And let's both take a nice, deep, big belly breath down to our belly buttons. And all the way out, because you know what? What did we just learn the other night on our, on our, our class? Was all those and uh, you know, when you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. So what do you do? And I say, just breathe, practice breathing, because breathing will always bring you back to yourself, to your truth and ground you. So let's dive in. What's going on with you? And thank you. You might have been like, I didn't even know I was going to do some things. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> so let's dig it up and find something that we can support you around. Sure. Um, so I am totally psyched to be a SWAT Institute student right now, and um, I just look forward to working on it daily. And so what was interesting is I just spoke to one of my aunts. She's elderly. She's in her 80s. Um, she's been, you know, pretty critical of me. I know she loves me, but quite critical. And for whatever reason, when I joined the program, it didn't even occur to me to share that that's what I was doing. And when the interesting thing that happened, and this was only a couple of days ago, so still really raw and fresh. Yeah. is that yeah. I felt this incredible fear come up all of a sudden. Now, I've lost both parents, so in some ways, you know, like I miss them greatly and I wish I could share this joy with them. Um, but on the other hand, I'm accountable to no one. So, um, you know, I didn't have a bomber dad kind of going, are you sure this is what you want to do with your life, blah, blah, blah. And so with my aunt, um, I noticed at the end of the call with her how deflated I felt and how yeah. sad I felt all of a sudden. And I'm like, gosh, like I know I'm reckoning with um coming out and being my true self and i and i of course like it's not stopping me by any stretch of the imagination however i knew and know that this date is going to come where i'm going to just need to be really honest with her and i know that her feedback isn't going to be particularly um ecstatic in fact um other people i know since i've shared my enthusiasm about the program and how what a great fit it is for me i i can hear in their voice that they're skeptical 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 I can't even say that word right now um they're sort of reticent to be on board with my enthusiasm and they're like oh coach and of course sometimes that does hold some negative connotations um and so I've really had to reckon with other people's feedback and that's fine but when it came to my aunt it got to my core a little bit more deep um deeper than say friends um and so I went from feeling totally psyched and already starting to work on my vision for my website and what I want to do and how I wish to serve. And after that call, I got to tell you that even today, I'm like, God, I'm still picking, trying to pick up my bootstraps from that conversation. I feel like I reverted back to that maybe daughter or, you know, niece energy or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I am sort of struggling to come out of that. Great. I'm so honored that you came on the line. I'm going to make sure you turn down just my voice a little bit because I'm hearing me talking through your computer, just so you know. Oh, I'm okay. on my phone. That's so strange. That's so strange. Um, let me just turn it down. It's not bad, but it's just time. sometimes when you're on a cell phone, who knows? It doesn't matter. It's not bad, okay. but just turn my voice down a little bit so you're barely hearing okay. me. And you won't all is, hear me. is it better now? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm not hearing okay. you now. Okay. Okay. So let me do a little recap um, of what I heard you say. And again, this is just when I'm when I'm coaching someone else, and I always have a pen and paper. I'm not a typer, just so you know. Is it? It's not that I'm not a typer. I type. I am typing. Isn't it funny that I even use the word typing? That's how I learned. I'm mm -hmm. typing. You were probably not even born yet. 
Um, but uh, yes, I was. Okay, <laughs> um, but I'm still someone who keeps notes, hand notes. Number one, because when you're coaching someone, you don't want to hear that when you're talking the whole time. Right, of course. I don't, just so you know. But as so I'm giving you a tip as a coach, I'm always writing, and I I don't write everything down. I write things that just intuitively just I hear them. There might be a little laugh in your voice, a little bit of sadness in your voice. It might be what you're not saying. Um, so I heard you say very quickly, I lost both my parents. Mm-hmm. So can I just stay with that one just for a sec? Absolutely. Okay. So how old were you when you lost your mom and when you lost your dad? Uh, I was 26 when I lost my mom and I was 36 when I lost my dad. And I'm, um, I'm 38 right now, about to turn 39. Okay. So this was recent. Losing your dad was two years ago, not that long ago. That's right. Yeah. And tell me about your relationship. Just, just this isn't deep therapeutic. We're not talking, but just tell me what your relationship was like with your mom and your dad before they passed. Mm, this is a great challenge for me to keep it in a nutshell because I'm a storyteller. Um, so got nowhere to go. Tell me the story. <laughs> um, so with my, you know, very different relationships with both parents. Um, my mom, a very um, strong Italian woman that sort of set herself apart from her, you know, ingrained family, but still was very quite linked in some ways. Um, I, I was the, the first uh, child and she actually had me out of quote unquote wedlock. Uh, so I sort of came into the world with a, bu- a bunch of drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and around five, uh, my, she almost died because she had my sister. Um, and I just remember kind of coming in to um, help a lot in the family during that time. And my mom shifted. I don't really remember zero to five, but I know that my mom was just different after that time. And uh, sometimes we had a good relationship and most of the time we didn't. Um, We were, you know, kind of, you know, I'm a Taurus, she's a Leo, not to oversimplify it, but, you know, very headstrong. And um, she was, you're a Taurus? You're a Taurus. Yeah. Listen to me. I (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, flocks of a feather, right? Um, and so, um, my mom and I, she was supportive when it suited her and really not supportive, uh, supportive in other ways, but I have done quite a bit of work around her and I can appreciate how much work she, or who who she was during that time, given who she was. Um, and she passed, uh, I was in Montreal doing my undergrad. So she, she, I was away for five years and then she passed away just before I graduated. And uh, then with my dad, uh, my dad was a very, you know, high functioning um, businessman, if you want to call him that. Uh, but he was a high functioning alcoholic as well. Oh, I should mention that my mom, I don't even know where this did not, you know, why it come up. My mom was diagnosed with MS 11 years later than when she actually started experiencing symptoms. Um, and so she was um, having a lot of difficulty with um, different sort of neurological um, issues when I was a teenager up until her passing. And so uh, with my dad, uh, he, he was a workaholic, um, an alcoholic, uh, but deep down and really when we were together, you know, he was uh, a loving father, really wanted the best for us. He encouraged me as the traveler that I am. And so we, we were able to compartmentalize different conversations together. And these are the sort of memories that I do really hang on to are these, you know, simpatico moments that we shared. But then I had this other side with him where I just was in sheer frustration over his life choices and how much it was causing so much pain to the family. And then, you know, that put against with my mom's, you know, illness and et cetera. So I'm not sure if that maybe 
presents a bit of the the nutshell there. Yeah, great. Yeah, not I don't mean great because it's not great, but um, thank you for yeah. So if you were to just do a quick like now that you've kind of brought me into that, and if you were to say reflecting back, do you feel that you got the approval of your parents, or do you feel like even that was never? Did you ever feel like you really got the approval of your both your parents? You're so good. Um, no. Um, why? Well, no, really? <laughs> um, because I seem to um have just sort of challenged the status quo growing up. Like I, I I've just been a fiery different person since my teens, and um I instead of going straight to college or university, I darted for France for the first time in 1999 by myself, and um that was my dad was okay with that, but my mom wasn't. Um, and then I came back to go to university and my mom definitely supported that finally, but my major, she didn't. And then she would always second guess me my entire degree. And she passed away funny enough right before I was supposed to do my final recital, my final this, my final that. And I'm like, thanks for the, <laughs> thanks for exiting at that right moment, mom, after like five years of hanging on to my self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad wasn't, I mean, he wasn't terribly vocal, but he, he I think he, he he etched on the edge of, you know, what are you going to do? You know, um, and he, he liked it when I fit into the box, like a nine to five. And, and I've had lots of different work experiences. And, and because I can sell anything sometimes, I always had a positive twist about any of the miraculous jobs I've had in multiple different industries up until his passing. Um, so I sold it well. Um, when I moved to Europe five years ago, um, he wasn't supportive at all. Um, he thought I'd fail. He thought, you know, um, Europe is in a bad space. Um, and, you know, in some ways he's right. Um, and then over time, I just kept showing that, yeah, life's tough. And I keep, you know, having this and this issue, but I keep coming up the other side and this is life and it's up and full of life. And eventually, you know, the last conversation I had with them was pretty phenomenal by the grace of God that, you know, we were both on the same page, um, that he was looking forward to coming to visit me, et cetera. Um, so, to answer your question, um, it's been a battle to get them to appreciate the way I see life or the way that I've seen discovering what it is that I'd like to do and who I'd like to be. Okay, so let's, let's, I don't mean to oversimplify anything, but let's say most of my parents have passed now. It was a battle throughout my entire life, really, to ever to get them to get like the wind beneath my wings, to really get in behind me and to say, this right. is love what you're doing and then your mom passes even before she finally completes you did it yeah so there's a little bit I would guess and, and I'm not again not trying to psychoanalyze you but there would probably be a little bit of a, a feeling of like um my parents both my parents have passed and while they were alive they never really got me and never really got this dream of mine and now I found this new calling that I'm super duper excited about you're part of this amazing sisterhood. There's like nobody. I here's the thing, Allison. Nobody except the people in this program get really what we're doing. Like they mm-hmm. really are not. I like, know, right? <laughs> like we're life coaches, and we're gonna give you a to-do list at the end of the week, and let's take out all the clothes that don't fit, and let's schedule your appointment to get with your personal trainer. That's not what we do. And so mm-hmm. the work that we're doing, part of why it's so exciting is because it's just so exciting for us personally. Like, yeah, it's so exciting personally. Forget about the business you're going to have. Like, that's, that's just like the topping on the cake. That's the cherry on the Sunday. Like, 
you're actually getting to do this incredible work for yourself, this deep healing for yourself. It's so supercharging. We're around these very energized other women where the energy is really high. We're all really aware of our levels of consciousness. Like we're having conversations with each other that are outside the typical box. Like there's mm-hmm. not a lot of people that are in the box that we're in because we're not even in a box. We're like, there is no box. Yeah. And, right? And you're talking to your aunt who is got to be older. Like how old is your aunt? She's 80. She was my dad's older sister. Okay. So your 80-year-old little auntie who is in her fierce mother energy who just wants to protect you who doesn't want you to be hurt who you don't have a mom and dad here so she probably takes the pseudo role of I need to give you the way a parent would approach this based on what she knows to be parenting so she's you said she's always been quite critical that's something you wrote you said that I wrote down always So why would your 80-year-old aunt, who's always been critical, be excited that you're taking an empowerment coach certification and what the hell are you going to do with that and how are you going to make money and what are you even doing with it and are you wasting your time and like probably all the stuff that she said or insinuated or even just her energy around it deflated you. Mm -hmm. That's the word you use, right? Absolutely. Also said... I know, okay, so I just want you to hear this, and you're going to be coaching people soon. So when you hear someone say, I know, write that down. Like, just write down that they just said, I know. Okay. Okay, so where I know, so let's imagine we're doing the map of consciousness or the map of empowerment right now through our school. But let's say for everybody listening, you don't know what that, they don't know the map. So let's just walk it up from the beginning. So let's start at the bottom and go, okay, so there's shame. There's blame. There's guilt, rather. There's shame, there's guilt, there's blame or apathy. So we're climbing. So do you feel shame? Let's just keep, let me tell you what I'm feeling, okay? Let's just climb it up. Do you feel shame? Do you feel guilt? Do you feel blame? Do you feel sorrow? Do you feel fear? Do you feel desire and a little bit of maybe insecurity? Do you feel a little bit angry that she's not getting it? And do you feel a sense of dignity and pride and maybe even some self-righteousness that says, I know, I know. The minute I hear someone I say, I know, which I do too, I know. That means I know, I know. That means you're not in shame, you're not in guilt, you're not in blame, you're not in sorrow, you're not in fear, you're not in desire, you're not even in anger. You're right on the tipping point of just staying in your courage. And the courage is, I know I'm going to have to have a conversation with her, and I know she's not going to like it. Okay, are you with me right now, Allison? Did you just suddenly get muted? How did Allison get muted? Allison, are you still there with me? I'm still here. Okay, great. So when I say all that, what do you think when I say, when you have a client that says, I know I'm going to have a confrontation, and I know she's not going to like it? Courage. Okay, so that's Courage actually that's right below courage. Self-righteous is, I know. I know she's not going to like this. I know people aren't going to. I know I'm going to have to have these hard conversations. But what if you're wrong? Like just, just ask yourself, like, what if you're wrong? What if you don't know? What if you don't have to have a conversation with her? What if it doesn't freaking matter if she ever agrees with this? Because she's never agreed with what you've done in the past anyway. And she's 80. 
yeah, she won't like you know. She will. How do you know? How do you know? Past experience. Okay. Which doesn't mean I can predict the future, but she's pretty dang consistent. (laughs) So look. So here's what I want to say to you because you're very empowered, and I can feel it. I can feel in your energy, and I can even feel in the way that you speak. With you're very articulate. You're very clear. You. You've done your work. You know where you're at. You know what you want. You know you don't fit the box. You know you've never fit the box. You've never done the status quo. You moved off from, you were in Canada, living in Canada. You moved off to France when you were really quite young. Then you came back and you went to Montreal and then you went to university there and then you went back. You've been all over. You've traveled all over. Nobody has ever really gotten you. You've always figured it out. You're a great salesperson. It doesn't matter what you got to do. You know you can sell things that you'll always be able to support yourself and you'll be just fine. We know all that. That's what we do know. So we know that Allison has a story. Just go with me on this one. Okay. No, no. We know Allison has a story that I've never really been supported. Allison has a story that people don't get me. Like no one really quite understands me or agrees with the way that I do things. And I'm, I'm already anticipating it going into into things, into conversations, into telling people about my next thing. Like, tell me how you felt five years ago when you told people you were going to move to France and be a blogger. Oh, well, I was nervous as all heck. <laughs> um, I, sold, I sold it with my upbeat and I received the criticism. I'm like, yep, off I go. You know, yeah. like, take okay. it or leave it. This is who I am, you know. So <clears throat> let's first ask yourself something. Is there a story inside you that that has just gotten so used to not getting the support that you were hoping? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. That story. Tell me about that story. The, the story is that I have to put on this type of armor or engage the inner fighter to stand up to my, you know, to others with my convictions of, you know, almost defending I've I've gotten a lot better at this now but you know I've spent I've spent many years defending who I am and the choices that I'm making and the story that's still lingering today that you so acutely picked up on is that the story is still alive even though I don't have to pick up the armor and I don't have to engage the inner fighter about it but the story is still there that the reception I'm going to get so the fear um, is that I am going to receive these you know you know sort of comments and I'm not afraid of them but I don't like them. And it's sort of like the little part of me, that story from whatever age I was or however, that's just yeah. like, God, like, do we have to keep doing this? Even though it's up to me to change yeah. so how I'm receiving the dialogue, because it honestly doesn't, I don't really care, you yeah. know, what they say. It's just the emotion connected to it. Yeah. But you're so used to anticipating that, that you you use the words like I had to put on armor. I've had to defend who I am. Well, you did. You did. You you did. There was a time in your life, and I did too. No one ever got me. I would be called things like you're the black sheep in the family, and inside I think I'm the freaking white sheep. Oh, like, they made me a T-shirt for it. I know. <laughs> like people always have to push the boundaries. Crystal does everything different than everyone. Crystal's the one who would do things. Crystal's the one who stood up to dad when she was a teenager and everybody else was scared shitless of him. Crystal's the one that moved out when she was 15 because she didn't like the way things were running around here. Crystal's the one. Crystal's, oh, Crystal's writing books now. Oh, Crystal's <laughs> Right? Um, 
the great thing about success and inner success, and I don't mean success about the amount of money you're making, so don't, but you've created a life that's interesting and different than anyone else I know. And I don't even know you, I know of you, right? So you actually are like, but you are different. But you are different. And you are special. And you are interesting. And you're not the same as most people. You are that rare person that has the courage to like, go live life differently. Go do it differently. And that makes everyone uncomfortable. It just mm. does. Like you're not the same. You're make you're the yellow crayon on the box of blues, and everyone's like, mm. like you're different. Your your light is shining so bright. It's bright when you come in the room. It's bright when you. Boy, can you tone it down a little bit so nobody else has to realize that they're not anywhere near as up as bright as you. Fair. Fair. It consciously, right. No one is doing it because they actually they're probably all pretty intrigued by you. And they probably are all pretty think, wow, I don't know how she does it. Like, how does she keep making money? How is she living on her own over there? How does she do that? How, there's, and it's not really that they want you to fail. They just expected it. And that's a story that you've been telling yourself, like, I got to show you. I'm going to prove you. I'm going to prove you. You don't need to prove anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, you don't even have to have the courage to have an uncomfortable conversation with an 80-year-old woman because I wouldn't even be having it. Yeah. Why do you have to she'll, have find, she'll find out um, find, for sure. She'll find out what? Uh, that, you know, when I launch my business and come out as the fabulous person that I am. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that's when she'll pick up the phone. And then she'll say what? Let's walk through. <sighs> so instead of getting defensive, because we do not want courageous, enlightened, amazing, empowered Allison to fall down. So let's above courage is neutral. And above neutral is willingness. And above willingness is acceptance. So let's imagine that who you are is this person. Like, I accept myself. I accept that I'm different. I accept that I, I jolt everybody in the family. I accept that I'm going to stress them out. I, accept, I just get it. I know that's what's coming. It just does. And I'm not even worried about it anymore. I'm not going to fall down into anger and, and defensiveness to defend another one of my choices. Mm-hmm. Let's just imagine Auntie calls you up. Allison, I saw your website. (laughs) What are you doing now? What are you doing? What do you think she'd actually say to you, Allison? Like, oh gosh, Uh, the litany list would start with something like, okay, so where did you get the money to pay for the program? Uh, Why didn't you tell me that you were doing the program? Um, Stop, stop, stop. Okay, so let's just stop with the first one. How old are you? Did you say you're 38 years old, 39? Sure am. Right. I'm a 39-year-old independent woman. I can't even imagine if anyone asked me where I got the money to pay for something. I know. She's she's audacious. Yeah. So that doesn't mean you have to give in to that. You're allowed to set a boundary. Auntie, when you call me and ask me where I got the money to pay for a course, I feel insulted I feel I feel like why why can't you just say like not even that you don't need to explain yourself it's like when someone says to me did you get your lips done (laughs) Lord help us all (laughs) no I didn't get my lips done but guess what it's none of your business and what would make you think you can even ask a question like that so there is something about you 
that still has not taught the people around you that there's inappropriate questions to ask you and that you you do not need to be explaining yourself to anybody. Yeah, that's true. So Auntie's going to call you up and go, Allison, where'd you get the money for that? And what are you going to say? I, I, I found, I had the money. I'm doing well. I'm doing good. It's something I'm doing great. Yeah. Now what was the next thing you said she was going to say? Why didn't you tell me that you were doing this program? Oh, I thought I did. (laughs) Sorry. I was just picturing Alzheimer's for a minute. Um, But uh, she doesn't, but that's, that's fair. Yeah, you did. I, oh, it's amazing. I love it. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. And then she would say, she would say, but I thought I told you when you looked at coaching 10 years ago that it wouldn't amount to anything because I spoke to so-and-so and they said that and other people have also said that it's a failing you know, industry and that you know, it's not serious. What I appreciate that you love me. I'm so grateful that you have such a deep <laughs> love for me. But you know what? I actually have statistics that show the coaching industry right now is the, second, not, the number one second most growing industry right now there is. And there are only 57,000 coaches in the world. And there are billions of people. I'm actually tapping into an industry right now that is just on the cusp of exploding. And I'm going to, uh, so you don't actually need to even explain all that to somebody. Somebody goes, well, I think, well, guess what? There's not a lot of people that want to like study polar bears in the North Pole, but there are people that want to go do that too. Like your aunt might want to be, right? Like it's not for you. I can't even imagine that my aunt would say, I told you 10 years ago not to do it. Well, I'm 39 years old now, and I've done my own investigating. I made my own decision, and I'm really excited about it, and I wish you could be happy for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, just don't let yourself go to that place anymore where you feel you have to defend who you are, and don't even assume that you have to defend who you are. What if you just, you know... Um, you know, your intention, like I loved, I read the book, I, I have a million books, but I don't always read them all in full. Sometimes I open up a chapter and read a page and go, huh, maybe that's all I was meant to get out of this book. But I remember Dr. Wayne Dyer's years ago, Dr. Wayne Dyer years ago had a book called The Power of Intention. And there was one line in it that stuck with me. And I read quite a bit of the book, but the one line that really stuck, stuck with me was like, if you have an intention going into something, it, you you will not be shaken down. You will not falter or you will not waver if you're clear on your intentions. So let's say, for example, I argue with my family all the time. And every time I go to a family get together, I know something is going to get said that hurts my feelings. Somebody's going to say something just like your peep, peeps say to you. Like, what are you doing oh, yeah. now, Crystal? Oh, what's your thing, Crystal? Rather than going in and thinking, I'm going to have to defend myself, I'm going to have to, I, if I set the intention that I absolutely intend to have peace, I'm, I'm having peace. I'm, I'm not going to let anything rattle me free. Like, that's part of it. Part, I mean, I, it's all great. Everybody's great to have, to have those great intentions and want to, but why don't we? Because we get triggered. So right mm-hmm. now, people around you are triggering you. Yeah. So whenever someone is triggering us, I know we're right at that point where there's anger, and there's pride, and you're right in that place that if you could just push a tiny bit harder, you're going to just push a little higher, rather. You're going to shift up into a more empowered place where now you're not operating in force, you're operating in power. Remember the book Power Versus Force? When you yeah, of course. Into courage, you're now into a place where you're becoming powerful. But the yeah. reason we're triggered is we're right on that cusp. And 
So I will often say, tell me what it is about your aunt that you don't like. So let's use the example of your aunt or any of the people in your life that drain you and deflate you. Tell me what it is about her that you really don't like. That she's so judgmental. Judgmental. Yeah, tell me a little bit judgmental. I'm going to write that word down. So judgmental. What else? Well, she's also very righteous. (laughs) You know, um, in the sense of she's she's old school, man, you know, uh, and uh, there was a certain way of doing life and it both person personally and professionally. And I have put her on a pedestal and that's why I think I'm triggered by she's the last of the Mohicans for me. If like after her, like yeah. all's well, all is good. Like she's the last one, the last Mohicans for me to conquer, <laughs> not to win over, but rather to be in that higher state of being and vibration and energy so that I'm not affronted by her. So here's the thing. You have to, you know, one of the things that I wrote down is when you were saying, I know, I know she's not going to like this. And I know, and I said that righteous. It's very self-righteous. That's righteous of you to assume that, you know, that's judgmental of you to assume, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's what it is. So what if I were to say to you, Alison, I'm going to be honest with you throughout this conversation. I have found that you are self-righteous and judgmental. How would that make you feel? It wouldn't make me feel very good. No one wants to hear that. So here's what I would say. When you can own the part of you that is so triggered by somebody else, it's because you have buried the part of you. You do not ever want to be self-righteous. You never want anyone to think you're judgmental. You never want to come across as audacious. That's not who you want to be in this world. But guess what? You are audacious. You've been judgmental. You've been self-righteous. What if you could just make peace with that part of yourself so people like your aunt don't have to trigger you anymore? That sounds great. Okay, so this is your homework. You're going to look in the mirror into your own eyes, and you're going to say, I am so judgmental. Is there any other good <laughs> Is there any other really good words that would just be horrible for someone to say about you? Well, the right, righteous is, a, is a, um, pinpoints quite. Righteous. No one's ever called me that, but I've had that internal struggle with myself. Okay, so if I were to say you're righteous, like it, you're, you're, and this isn't to hurt your feelings because I don't think this about you, just so you know. I don't think this about you, but this is how the trigger works, is that you deep down worry that it's a part of you. You don't want to be like that. You yeah. don't want to be like this family. You don't want those qualities. So I want you to imagine that you've taken your mother energy, you've taken your queen, your ruler, you've taken the part of you who is a Puritan, a perfectionist, and a ruler who knows the right way to do things. She just knows if you would just listen to me, your life could work out. That's your, <laughs> that's, okay. So there is a part of you that's like your, that was your mom and your dad and your aunt and all these people that are like, if you would just listen to rulers, I call them the ruler. Yeah. It's a mother archetype. Yeah. You took that part of you and said, I don't want to be like them. I don't want to be like that. And so you buried that part of you. And every so often your ruler will bust out of the basement and be very self-righteous. And you're horrified by that part of you. Yeah. Is that true? Absolutely. Horrified by the part of you who is righteous and judgmental and thinks she knows what's best for everyone. Yeah, she doesn't lurk her her head very often. But when she does, I flash immediately to all those people you listed and then some. And it is a part that I just... I can, I can see that it's not very high vibrating and it's not who I truly, truly am at my core. Listen, listen, of course it's not, but she's part of you. She's a tiny 
part of you. She's a fragment of you. And if you disown her, people like your aunt and all those righteous, judgmental people will keep, you will, you will notice them. It's like when you're, when you're decided I'm going to buy a red Jeep. You've never noticed. I don't, I couldn't tell you if I ever have seen the last time I saw a red Jeep, but if I was looking for one, when I'm on the roads, you will suddenly see there's a red Jeep everywhere. Yeah, that happens to me too. Yeah. You have just owned a part of you. That part of you shows up everywhere until you own her. Mm, okay. So, so what you have to do is you have to be like, oh my God, I have disowned a part of my mother energy. I have never wanted to be like that. I never want to be like that mothering, self-righteous, ruler, perfect, like who's just pure and perfect. And I don't want to be that. But guess what? She's part of you. Mm. She's part of you but she's part of you and you've got to let her up out of the basement and invite her to the kitchen table and have dinner with her tonight mm, okay so I want you to imagine that you are finding the part of you who is very righteous and judgmental okay. and buried somewhere do you remember when you made the decision to bury that part of you oh I was quite young probably right. before 10 years old yeah and do you remember why because I saw it being exhibited all around me and it just irked me and made me feel so terribly uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Who was really self-righteous and judgmental when you were young? I'm half Italian and I spent a lot of time with the Italian family when I was growing up. <laughs> and um, let's just say that it was presented not Nona. only in, <laughs> with that. You're Nona. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, my parents and then my uncle especially pops darly right into my mind. My aunts, they're still, they're very much the same today. Haven't changed or shifted much. Um, my, my nona, for sure. Uh, not my no-no. Goodness yeah. gracious, not my no-no. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, it was just in my face right. a lot. And the, that's where the, that's, oh, you know what? That's when the fighter was born. Yeah, I think that's when she came, when that fighter is just like, no, that's not who I am. And let me, you know, show you who I really am. And I'm going to defend myself because I'm not going to be like this. And I don't like this because it makes me feel terrible. Exact opposite side of the empowerment spectrum, the ruler will weigh up against, if you were to imagine, if you were actually to get your empowerment spectrum out and you were to see those archetypes, you'd see the ruler is exactly the same resonance frequency as the warrior. That warrior shows no up. No way. Okay. Your book just came in the mail today, by the way. The okay. Emotional Edge literally just came in the mail today. Yay. So you're going to open it up and you're yeah. going to read the war. I'm going to look at the archetypes now. <laughs> and go, oh, my God. I buried my ruler and, and found my warrior. Wow. Your warrior and your ruler are going to have to become friends. Oh, so yeah. I'm, we need a peace treaty. Yeah, a peace treaty. So you're going to get your journal out and you're actually going to let your warrior talk and say, I came along when you were you're going to let her talk to you, the real you first, your woman energy. You're going to say, hey, warrior, how are, how are you? How old are you? And she's going to say, I'm 14, and I'm not going to put up with any crap from anybody, and I'm so tired, whatever she's going to tell you. And you're going to say, thank you so much for taking care of us for all these years. And then you're going to say, let's find my ruler. And you're going to find out that you buried her when you were around young, too, right? And you're going to, she, she might be so angry at you. She mm -hmm. might be. How dare you locked me in the basement and chained me to the wall for 28 years? Yeah. And every so often I bust out just when I realize you're not protecting us. So your ruler is actually there to protect you, Allison. 
She's okay. not just she's different than your warrior. Your warrior is fierce. Like your warrior is fierce and like if you were walking down a dark alley, you need your warrior. Your mm-hmm. warrior pull out her sword and be like <laughs> Okay, but your ruler is different. Your ruler would be like, we ain't going down that dark alley. Mm-hmm. Your ruler is a part of you that says, what are you thinking? Why are you doing that? Be smart. Make good choices. And when you let her come back just in a small dose, just enough to be like, thank you. I do need you. I do have to remember how to protect myself. I do have to remember how to protect myself from against everybody, even even auntie. It, when I know to protect myself, Auntie will settle down because she'll be like, oh, finally there'll be an energy about you that's like, I have a ruler too. Thank you very much. Mm. And I don't need to be defeated and, and drained and deflated by other people when their ruler comes out. Now I can realize that, oh, the reason that bugged me so much is because my ruler is pounding at the basement door desperate for me to realize that I have the right to protect me. I have the right to be audacious for me. I have the right to make sure that I am righteous for me. She's part of you. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. What is it feeling like right now inside? Oh, I think the wheels are turning um, in a an excitable sort of way. Like I'm like, yeah, I want to have the sit down like peace treaty dinner. Yeah. And I'm feeling like, yeah, defending. So my deflation is because of how much I've been defending myself or feeling like I have to with my aunt specifically yep. and particularly. And I'm like, I, I really don't want to do it anymore. And, you know, and I feel like I do still do that. So you're a queen now. You're not a warrior. Imagine for a minute, you're the queen. You have a queen energy about you. You can put on your crown and walk into that room and be like, I have a sword on my hip and a queen on my head, a crown on my head. And in time, you'll realize you're all those things. You're a little bit Puritan. You're a little bit of a charmer. You're a little bit of a drama queen, and you're a little bit of a busy bee. And you're and when all of those things find their rightful place at your dinner table, then it's like the woman is in charge, but she's got all these parts of her sitting around the table, and it's time for them all to become friends so mm-hmm. that you don't have to be like, I never want to be an addict. Oh, my addict is still down in the basement. My chubby bubby, oh, I'm mortified by her. She's hiding in the basement. I've locked her up too. And I've locked up my, then you start to be like, oh my God, these parts are all tiny parts of me that make me me. That's in all of humanity. We all have all these parts of us. And the reason that we get triggered by people is because their dominant emotional archetype, their dominant way of showing up in the world is confronting us with something in us that's submissive. This will all make sense if we do this course and we get deeper into it. So it's like their dominant is triggering your submissive. And this is deeper than we need to go for today's conversation. But once you start to realize that those buried parts of you are actually running the show way more than you realize in the background. Mm, So true. They're like the background uh, tape that's playing all the time. Yeah. When you can get to know your judgmental, audacious, righteous ruler, the queen that you buried, because you did not ever want to come across like all of those self-righteous people in your family, then you'll realize, yeah, I can, I can make peace with them. They're never going to change. Your aunt's never going to change. 
She only knows to show up like the ruler. That's what she, that's her, her persona. That's her safety. That's her protection. Mm-hmm. So she thinks she's doing a good job protecting you. And yeah. Instead, you think to yourself, thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for caring about me. Thank you for worrying about my finances. I got this. Yeah. I got this. So even when she starts to go, now did you get the money, you can laugh. You know, and laugh and be like, oh, don't worry, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're rising, you are rising back up into your higher level of consciousness without confrontation. Confrontation, there's a time and place for confrontation at times. Like if you're, but this, I do not see this as one of those times. No, neither do I. You actually be your warrior again. You're defending yourself again. That's right. You're yeah. a woman now. Right? You're a woman. Exactly. You're a woman now. And you know if you need to call in your warrior, she's there if you need her. But you don't. You don't need her all the time. She doesn't need to run the show anymore. That's right. So tell me, you're going to finish off final thoughts and then we're going to pull a card for you today, for all of Ooh. us. <laughs> so tell, um, me, tell me what you feel. Tell me what you're going to do. Tell me how you're going to take back your power around this situation of feeling like you've got to explain yourself to all the naysayers in your life. Well, I think my aha moment was really that connection uh, between the you know, the warrior part, um, and probably a lot of other parts of me too. And really when we're dealing with, sorry, I said, yeah, but we're just dealing with that part of you right now. We don't have to deal with every part. Of course, of course, of course. And, um, I think, you know, I, I definitely feel, you know, uh, better after speaking to you about it because I, I now have some imagery in my mind and, and some thought process about, you know, um, looking a bit deeper after we get off the call or, you know, when inspired and really kind of taking a look at this because it makes total sense to me. All that you said I love really it. resonates and it makes 100% sense. Like, it's just like, there we go. Yeah, it's so easy when you get this. And then when you're ruler, when you're when you're dealing with someone like your aunt, you say to yourself, I'm just like her. I'm just like her. I'm just like her. I'm just like her. I'm just like, in fact, you say it over and over and over. I love your laugh of truth. So you're going to go in the mirror and you say, I'm just like my aunt. 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 Until finally you can laugh and go, well, I'm really not just like my aunt. <laughs> But it's not the end of the world, and I've been like my aunt, and I probably will be like her at some point in my life again, but yeah. I'm not enough. But she doesn't need to rattle you so much, or people like her. I'm just like my mother. I'm just like my mom. 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 When you can get to the point you can say that over and over, and there's just no emotional charge, people like your mom, people like your aunt, they have no place to trigger you anymore. There's no emotional charge anymore to the, to that way of showing up in the world. You'll you'll bless them. Ah, oh, bless your little heart. You'll just you'll just be like, you know, go bless you. Go be good somewhere else. Go do your thing somewhere else. God bless you. But yeah. it won't deflate you. Mhm. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Great. Are you right-handed or left-handed? I'm right-handed. Okay. So I have Colette Baron Reed's new Goddess Power Oracle cards. Yay. So we're going to do a shuffle right now. And when you feel ready, you just say stop. 
And I'm obviously, because I'm shuffling, there'll be some cards in my left and some in my right. And I'm going to flip the card over that's on the top of my right pile. So you just tell me when you're ready. Okay, here we go. We are pulling up Sophia is the goddess and the card is divine wisdom. Let me read it to you. Okay, divine wisdom, number 47. Here we go. Okay, darling, this is our message for today. This is your message for today. Okay, human wisdom comes from personal experience, but divine wisdom is unknown to our life experience. When we ask for help, we are asking for guidance from a source greater than us, a great unknowable mystery. When we receive it, it is often life-altering and affects us in ways beyond our comprehension. The Gnostic goddess Sophia, who brought excuse me, the material world into being, arrives right now to show you how fate and destiny operate in relationship to synchronicity. When you least expect it, opportunities and meanings are springing up for you out of nowhere. Your life is beginning to work out, and you are sensing your alignment with your highest purpose and power. Trust that you are divinely protected and directed right now. Practice the act of faith before results, <laughs> and this is an essential key in co-creating your world. So it's really interesting, Allison, because the very thing I was going to say at the top of this call is sometimes you just have to have the faith to know. Like It's like me coming on here every Friday and just having the faith to know that I'm doing my divine work. And someone's going to show up for me. <laughs> and your job now is the same thing, for you to trust and know that what you're doing is your divine work. And you just have to have the faith in what you're doing. You're going to launch that amazing website. You're going to have to faith that this is your calling and this is your divine purpose. And I think that you're, you're tapped into some divine wisdom right now. That's what the card says. That's great. That's great. It's perfect. <laughs> It's perfect. Thank you so much, Allison. Any last thoughts you want to leave us with today before we say goodbye? Au revoir. Uh, yeah, au revoir. Sure, sure. Um, uh, no, just thank no, you so much for your time, and I'm glad that I had the courage to punch out the, uh, you know, uh, what was it, Diaz, uh, whatever pound two it was. I'm, um, I'm glad we could have this moment. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, Allison. And thank I'll you. On Monday, back in our PEC, our personal empowerment coach certification program. So sounds thank great. You. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. I know we do have other calls that have gone up, but we're near the top of the hour, so I think we're going to end on a good note. Thank you so much to Allison. I think a lot of us can relate and connect to these parts of us that we don't even realize we've buried, these parts of us that we don't realize until someone comes along and triggers us. And trigger work is so powerful because trigger work is all for you. It has nothing to do with that other person. But when some, And it doesn't mean oh, I want to go and hang around people just like my aunt, or I want to be around people just like my mother. It doesn't mean that. It means that you won't continue to be triggered by people just like your mother, just like your aunt. It means that it allows you, whoever it is, it means it allows you to do the work to go inside and realize, oh my gosh, the reason this is triggering me, whether it's somebody that's judgmental, whether it's somebody that's self-righteous, whether it's somebody that, it doesn't matter. We all have things that, that trigger us the worst. You know, when I have somebody, like we all have it. We all have things when somebody is difficult and demanding and cruel and mean. That was a massive trigger, mean. Someone is mean. Someone says something mean. That is a, what used to be a massive trigger. I couldn't find it funny. I didn't find jokes, sarcasm. Even like when people would be like, kill themselves laughing. Like, you know, those like TV shows where it's like, 
failed army. My husband loves these shows where it's like someone's, you know, doing something and then they fall and they smash their head and they, you know, he fights. I'm like, oh, that's, oh, oh, that's me. I had to make peace with the fact that I was bullied when I was little and I decided I'm never going to be mean. I'm never going to be a bully. So I actually took my bully and buried her in the basement. And then I just kept coming up against bullies and thinking, why are people mean to me? Why does, why does, why am I the one that they make the joke at? Why am I, because, and I would think, why am I so sensitive? Well, I'm so sensitive because I took my bully who would protect me and buried her in the basement. So now I got to keep having bullies come into my life to show me that you're too sensitive. Once I found my own bully and got to know her and realized, honey, we're not going to be bullying anyone in the world, but I need you. I need you. I need you so that when the bully comes into my life, they know that there's a bully over here that will push back and stand up for me and make a joke back at you. Not that I ever want to live my life that way, but I stopped attracting meanies into my life and I started having kinder and kinder and kinder relationships. And I started having the courage, there was a big <laughs> courage to say that's not acceptable and to set new boundaries and to, you know, it's just, it's really powerful freeing work, this trigger work. So we're actually doing it right now in our 12-week Emotional Edge telecourse that just got started. It is certainly not too late to join in if you're just listening maybe for the first time. If you head over to SWATinstitute.com, you'll see the 12-week Emotional Edge telecourse that just got started. And um, I'd love for you to join in. We have 12 weeks of doing this work together, 12 weeks, one night a week. The call is recorded if you can't make it live. Allison's in Paris, so we make sure we get it up. So when she wakes up early in the morning, because um, it's at 7 o'clock at night, so when she gets up in the morning, she can join us. And it does feel like you're there live, because I teach live. It's not recorded. If I make blenders or bloopers, or it's all right there, and it's live, and it's fresh, and it's real. So I'd love for you to check that out, and uh, I'd love for you to come back next Friday. We do this every Friday at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Come chat with me. I would love to coach you, to support you, and help you to get into your most empowered place. So that's all for now. We'll see you next week. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us today on Chat with Crystal, empowerment coaching and conversations with real women from around the world. Of course, my name is Crystal Andrus Morissette, and it's been my honor to spend this time with you. If you'd like to be a guest on the show to get the coaching that you need, please visit www.swatinstitute.com. And remember, empowerment equals choice. It's always up to you.